Welcome to podcast number 11. Today's topic is going to be corporate powers influence on stock. Dividends don't just happen. Those holding the power in a corporation make a conscious decision to pay dividends. They recognize that once they start paying dividends to shareholders, there's no going back. They know the share price of the company will drop like a stone if they discontinued paying expected dividends. Everyone touched by the company suffers when share prices drop. The decision to pay dividends must be approved by the company's board of directors. The directors who hold ultimate power in a corporation are elected by the shareholders. They are the ones who approve the hiring of the company's chief executive and are the ones who can remove that chief executive. Once a chief executive is elected, one of the first things he will do is consolidate his power. Any strong competitors within the company who were considered for the chief executive's position are often terminated or removed from positions of power. His loyal supporters on the executive team are rewarded with promotions to key positions. In the typical large corporation, small numbers of shares may be owned by hundreds of thousands of individuals. Often, the chief executive is also able to manipulate the adding of his supporters to the board of directors. He can do this because prior to the company's annual general meeting, he solicits proxy votes from those shareholders who will not be attending the meeting. Few shareholders do attend these meetings. The proxy votes held by the chief executive will give a majority in any votes. This includes who is elected to the board of directors. The chief executive's political objective is to have a board of directors that will be approve anything that he submits to them, including the paying of dividends. The corporation's purse strings are also controlled by the chief executive. Everyone in the company receives salaries and incentives at his discretion. Rewards are used to motivate and gain the loyalty of employees, especially the senior executives who report directly to him. Corporations are not democracies. While the chief executive may control who is on his board, the directors still represent a possible threat to his tenure. To lessen this threat, he will see that the directors are given only as much information as is required by law. Thus, a wall is built between the directors and the senior executives of the company who report to the chief executive. This is to remove any possibility of collusion between the board and ambitious senior executives seeking the chief executive's job. Palace revolutions by ambitious executives do happen. All internal and external communication 
that could damage share prices is also closely monitored by the chief executive. Little negative information reaches the shareholders and the public because such information can cause shareholders to panic and sell their shares. This would reduce the company's stock price. Disgruntled shareholders and a business's customers who complain to the company's board members or government regulators are always a threat to the chief executive losing his position. Being at the top of the corporate pyramid, the chief executive is the lightning rod that must deflect all attacks on the corporation. He is the one who must accept ultimate responsibility for the corporation's actions. The most sought-after executive incentive are stock options. At the beginning of each fiscal year, the number of shares that senior executives will receive in their stock option plan are approved by the board of directors. A stock option is an agreement that if the stock were currently trading at $10 a share, in one year, executives would be allowed to purchase their allotted number of share options at the same $10 price, regardless of the then current price. An executive could be given 10,000 stock options at $10 a share. Without having to put up one penny of his own, that executive could a year later purchase those 10,000 shares at $10 option price and instantly sell them for the current price of $20. This executive would immediately realize a $100,000 bonus. If a year later the price had dropped below the $10, the stock option would have been worthless. If this executive chose to gamble, he might not exercise his option for years. In a strong, growing company over several decades, these options could be worth a million dollars. Companies frown on those executives who make quick profits by selling their options as soon as it is possible. They think it displays a lack of commitment to the company's long-term objectives. If a company has been paying an annual dividend of 50 cents per month per share to their shareholders for years and cuts that dividend, the shareholder would lose faith in the stock. In a panic, they might sell their shares for fear that the price could drop further. A share price decline is certainly not what the companies want. They have been dreaming all year about how they will be spending their stock option money. Every employee working for them has been focused to do whatever is necessary to make sure the share price is increased. This means pushing for increased sales, developing new products, increasing advertising, price incentives, cutting expenses, keeping employee salaries as low as possible, reducing employee counts, blocking the formation of unions, and so on. They want their share price to increase every year so they can always receive their stock option payout. While there is an incentive 
for executives to push for increased share prices, there is no penalty if the share price should drop. Options encourage risk-taking and cutting corners. For short-term annual gains rather than investing in benefits but might not be realized for several years. Decisions regarding environmental impacts and employee safety often suffer if they will impact profits and ultimately executive stock options. Few investment advisors realize the impact stock options have upon profits and ultimately on share prices. Many of them see dividends as a sign of corporate weakness. Paid by companies whose days of growth are over, they see dividends encouraging shareholders to hold on to stocks instead of selling them and causing share price drops. Most investment advisors are focused on speculative investing. They want all the profits to go either into technical improvements to strengthen the company or to be spent buying back the company's own shares to run up the share price. Often, there is a war going on in a corporation over dividend payments. Do not take the paying of dividends for granted. Recognizing that a financially strong company paying high dividends is stubbornly committed to this practice and unlikely to cease paying its monthly or quarterly dividends even during recessions and pandemics. This is why I chose to only invest in such companies. The dividends have provided me with a steady income for 16 years through two recessions. Share prices have also come back quickly after each recession and brought my portfolio to record highs. That portfolio is now more than three times higher when I first became a self-directed investor. My latest investment book, Safer, Better, Dividend Investing, contains charts of all companies paying dividends of 6% or more traded on the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ. The 628 stocks were scored and then sorted in descending order by score, stock price, dividend yield percent, and alphabetically. These charts make it easy for anyone to construct a portfolio of financially strong dividend stocks. Fewer than 100 of the 620 of these stocks could be considered financially strong, but if your objective is to own a diversified portfolio of 20 strong dividend stocks, this can easily be realized. That's all for this podcast, folks. I'll uh, be speaking to you next week. Please take up my offer of if you have any topics that you wish me to discuss, please drop me a note. My email address is ianduncanmcdonald at hotmail.com and I will see if I can fulfill your request. Thank you. Mm-hmm.